I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading 2 Samuel chapter 10 and 1 Chronicles chapter 19, and then at the end we'll throw in Psalm 20. This is the New King James Version of the podcast. The King James Version is also available. In 2 Samuel chapter 10 and the parallel passage, 1 Chronicles chapter 19, we see that an Ammonite prank turns really ugly. 2 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1. It happened after this that the king of the people of Ammon died, and Hanan his son reigned in his place. Then David said, I will show kindness to Hanan the son of Nahash, as his father showed kindness to me. So David sent by the hand of his servants to comfort him concerning his father. And David's servants came into the land of the people of Ammon. And the princes of the people of Ammon said to Hanan their lord, Do you think that David really honors your father because he has sent comforters to you? Has David not rather sent his servants to you to search the city, to spy it out, and to overthrow it? Therefore Hanan took David's servants, shaved off half of their beards, cut off their garments in the middle at their buttocks, and sent them away. When they told David, he sent to meet them, because the men were greatly ashamed. And the king said, Wait at Jericho until your beards have grown, and then return. When the people of Ammon saw that they had made themselves repulsive to David, the people of Ammon sent and hired the Syrians of Beth-Rehob and the Syrians of Zobah, 20,000 foot soldiers, and from the king of Maacah, 1,000 men, and from Ishtob, 12,000 men. Now, when David heard of it, he sent Joab and all the army of the mighty men. Then the people of Ammon came out and put themselves in battle array at the entrance of the gate, and the Syrians of Zobah, Beth-Rehob, Ishtob, and Maacah were by themselves in the field. When Joab saw that the battle line was against him before and behind, he chose some of Israel's best and put them in battle array against the Syrians. And the rest of the people he put under the command of Abishai his brother, that he might set them in battle array against the people of Ammon. Then he said, If the Syrians are too strong for me, then you shall help me. But if the people of Ammon are too strong for you, then I will come and help you. Be of good courage, and let us be strong for our people and for the cities of our God. And may the Lord do what is good in his sight. So Joab and the people who were with him drew near for the battle against the Syrians, and they fled before him. When the people of Ammon saw that the Syrians were fleeing, they also fled before Abishai and entered the city. So Joab returned from the people of Ammon and went to Jerusalem. When the Syrians saw that they had been defeated by Israel, they gathered together. Then Hadad-Ezer sent and brought out the Syrians who were beyond the river, and they came to Helam, and Shobach, the commander of Hadad-Ezer's army, went before them. When it was told David, he gathered all Israel, crossed over the Jordan, and came to Helam, and the Syrians set themselves in battle array against David and fought with him. Then the Syrians fled before Israel, and David killed seven hundred charioteers and forty thousand horsemen of the Syrians, and struck Shobach, the commander of their army, who died there.
And when all the kings who were servants to Hadad-Nezer saw that they were defeated by Israel, they made peace with Israel and served them. So the Syrians were afraid to help the people of Ammon anymore. Now remember, when the exiles returned to the land in 535 B.C., uh, Ezra wrote the books of First and Second Chronicles, which originally was just Chronicles, to give a recap, a rehash of everything that had taken place. And that's why we see the, the recap of everything that we find recorded in First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings contained in First and Second Chronicles. So here's First Chronicles chapter 19, verse 1. It happened after this that Nahash, the king of the people of Ammon, died, and his son reigned in his place. Then David said, I will show kindness to Hanan, the son of Nahash, because his father showed kindness to me. So David sent messengers to comfort him concerning his father. And David's servants came to Hanan in the land of the people of Ammon to comfort him. And the princes of the people of Ammon said to Hanan, Do you think that David really honors your father because he has sent comforters to you? Did his servants not come to you to search and to overthrow and to spy out the land? Therefore Hanan took David's servants, shaved them, and cut off their garments in the middle at their buttocks and sent them away. Then some went and told David about the men, and he sent to meet them, because the men were greatly ashamed. And the king said, Wait at Jericho until your beards have grown, and then return. When the people of Ammon saw that they had made themselves repulsive to David, Hanan and the people of Ammon sent a thousand talents of silver to hire for themselves chariots and horsemen from Mesopotamia, from Syrian, Maacah, and from Zobah. So they hired for themselves thirty-two thousand chariots with the king of Maacah and his people, who came and encamped before Medeba. Also the people of Ammon gathered together from their cities and came to battle. Now when David heard of it, he sent Joab and all the army of the mighty men. Then the people of Ammon came out and put themselves in battle array before the gate of the city, and the kings who had come were by themselves in the field. When Joab saw that the battle line was against him before and behind, he chose some of Israel's best and put them in battle array against the Syrians, and the rest of the people he put under the command of Abishai his brother. And they set themselves in battle array against the people of Ammon." Then he said, If the Syrians are too strong for me, then you shall help me. But if the people of Ammon are too strong for you, then I will help you. Be of good courage, and let us be strong for our people and for the cities of our God. And may the Lord do what is good in his sight. So Joab and the people who were with him drew near for the battle against the Syrians, and they fled before him. When the people of Ammon saw that the Syrians were fleeing, they also fled before Abishai his brother, and entered the city. So Joab went to Jerusalem. Now when the Syrians saw that they had been defeated by Israel, they sent messengers and brought the Syrians who were beyond the river. And Shophach, the commander of Hadadezer's army, went before him. When it was told David, he gathered all Israel, crossed over the Jordan, and came upon them, and set up battle array against them. So when David had set up in battle array against the Syrians, they fought with him. Then the Syrians fled before Israel, and David killed 7,000 charioteers and 40,000 foot soldiers of the Syrians, and killed Shophach, the commander of the army. And when the servants of Hadad-Dezer saw that they were defeated by Israel, they made peace with David and became his servants. So the Syrians were not willing to help the people of Ammon any more.
Now, the Ammonites were descendants, well, by incest, from Abraham's nephew Lot. That's recorded in Genesis chapter 19. As such, God made provisions for their protection from the Israelites, a kindness they never seemed to be able to really accept. All the way back to the preparation for Moses and company to enter Canaan from the east, God had instructed Israel to spare the Ammonites. Notice Deuteronomy chapter 2.19, what it says there. And when you come near the people of Ammon, do not harass them or meddle with them, for I will not give you any of the land of the people of Ammon as a possession, because I have given it to the descendants of Lot as a possession. Well, that's great. The Ammonites get a free pass. However, that whole ugly episode with Balaam, back in Numbers chapters 22 through chapter 31, being hired at that time to curse the whole nation of Israel, well, that was the brainchild of the Ammonites and the Moabites. That's recorded in Deuteronomy chapter 23, verses 3 and 4, where we see that it was their idea. Well, then they flexed their muscles again against Israel. Years later, when Jephthah was judge, recorded back in Judges chapter 11, as a result, they were soundly defeated by Israel, we see in Judges 11.33. All they had to do is just leave Israel alone, and Israel would have left them alone. They just couldn't seem to bring themselves to do that. Verse 2 in both accounts indicates that Ammonite king Nahash had previously shown kindness to David. We're not told the details of that kindness in Scripture, but King Saul's first recorded act as king of Israel was to do battle against King Nahash when this Ammonite king wanted to gouge out the eyes of all the men of Jabesh. That's recorded in 1 Samuel chapter 11. And that was the Ammonite requirement for a treaty with the men of Jabesh at that time. So Saul and his new Israeli army, well, they gave the Ammonites a proper thrashing at that time. There's no doubt that King Nahash and King Saul would have been sworn enemies after that incident. It's therefore reasonable to assume that Nahash would have taken every opportunity to assist David as he was a fugitive from Saul later on. So here we go. These pesky Ammonites are at it again. When the Ammonite king Nahash died, David sought to show kindness to the new king who was Hanan after the death of his dad by sending some ambassadors to see if he could help out somehow. However, the impressionable son who took over as king mistrusted David's overtures of friendship. Then the ultimate insult. Suspecting evil intent, the new king of the Ammonites is advised by his not-so-bright advisors to humiliate David's ambassadors by shaving off half their beards, which, by the way, is a severe oriental insult, and then cutting off their garments at the waist, exposing their, well, you know, they sent them away in that humiliating condition. David meets up with his ambassadors in Jericho. They were ashamed to come home. And David allows them to stay deployed until their beards grow back. Unlike Second Samuel chapter 10, verse 6, which starts out, when the people of Ammon saw that they had made themselves repulsive to David. <laughs> David doesn't think the beard prank is amusing, and his goodwill has its limits. Realizing what a great error in judgment he'd made, the king of the Ammonites goes out and hires a mercenary army from among several Syrian tribes. That was for his ill-conceived aggression against Israel. So the stage is set for a great battle campaign. Imagine Joab's surprise when he discovers he's not fighting just one army, but two or actually several. In fact, they surround David's army headed by Joab. 
But Joab divides his army up into divisions and fights all the front simultaneously with his brother Abishai commanding the other division. He soundly defeats all the enemy armies. Joab then calls David to the front to be part of the final kill. At the end of the battle, over 40,000 Syrians were dead, and the Syrians were subjects of David's kingdom. And all of this happened because the Ammonite king cut off the robes and half-shaved the beards of David's ambassadors. Now that's an expensive shave. Incidentally, one of the mercenary Syrian armies was headed up by Hadad-Dezer. He fought against David back in 2 Samuel chapter 8 and was soundly defeated there. Perhaps that's why Joab has David come to the front against this pesky Hadad-Ezer for a second thrashing. And we conclude our reading today with a psalm, Psalm 20, where we see that we'll put our trust in God. The subtitle to this one says, To the Chief Musician, A Psalm of David. Verse 1, May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice, Selah. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. We will rejoice in your salvation, and in the name of our God we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. Save, Lord, may the King answer us when we call. Well, the subtitle attributes this to David. It's in the form of a prayer and could have been in preparation for battle. The pronouns in this psalm, you and your, well, those are references to the anointed king, David, as seen in verse 6. I particularly like verse 7, which says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. So we see others may trust in military might, but hey, we're trusting God. By the way, Zion is David's alternate name for the city of Jerusalem. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walker.